Podcast Answer Man, episode number 153. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And today I have a full show lined up with many of your questions. We're going to talk about deep fried roadkill today and how that relates to podcasting. We're going to talk about embedding videos on your website, not using pipes in your lyrics tag. And we're also going to talk about podcasting artwork for your audio files. I'm going to share a little bit about the recent changes I've made to uh, podcastanswerman.com as far as my new host uh, for the web content as well as a new theme. I'm going to talk about backing up your WordPress installations. I'm going to possibly talk about my Nashville trip and also a mobile plugin for podcasting. And so obviously I needed a little bit longer music to tell you just about all the things I'm going to pack cram full into this episode. And I'll tell you what, I am not going to play around today. I am going to immediately start off with our first call that's coming in from Jason, who has a question about embedding videos onto your site. And so, Jason, take it away. Hello, Cliff. This is Jason calling with a question regarding embedding video on your website. I know that you've embedded uh, several videos on your website. Uh, In particular, I just looked at uh, episode 101, which is the video review you did of the Tascam DR07. It's actually the uh, unit that I'm using to record this right now. But uh, my question is, what's the best way that you found to embed that video on your website? Uh, I'm using WordPress, and I'm seeming to have some trouble. Uh, I don't know if you use a certain plugin that helps you uh, put that on there with a a nice uh, player attached to it or how you do it. I noticed on your website it comes up at a nice size, and the player has uh, some pretty good functionality. You can play and pause and and change the volume and things like that, and uh, that's uh, pretty much what I'm looking to do. So I'm hoping that you have a a few tips that you can get us pointed in the right direction. Thanks a lot for taking this call, and I really appreciate your show. I I listen to it uh, quite a bit, and I, I very much enjoy the work you do, and thanks so much. Hey, Jason, thank you so much for your question. I really appreciate it and value it when you're not only out there listening, but you're also helping me to provide content and uh, the ability to answer questions, not just for yourself, but for lots of other people who probably have the same question as you. And of course, if anybody else wants to do that, you can call us 859-795-4067. But to answer your question, Jason, I don't use a plug-in. You know, I I imagine there are a lot of different ways that you can embed video on your websites. And I'm going to tell you right now what I use currently works great for me today. But I am going to be looking at other options in the very near future. Uh, And so with that being said, here's how I'm going to answer your question. Uh, back in the old day to embed video, you could have done you you could have just taken QuickTime or Windows Media File or something like that, and you could have just embedded the code right into your HTML. Uh, there, as a matter of fact, if you go on to Google and just type in "embed Windows Media into HTML" in Google, you'll find tutorials. If you were to go and put "embed QuickTime Movie." or a QuickTime video in HTML, uh, you'll, you'll see tutorials out there to do that. I wouldn't suggest 
those right now or haven't suggested those in the past. Problem being is that, you know, some there are a lot of Windows users that, believe it or not, they don't have QuickTime. Uh, and there are certainly a lot of people who own Macs that don't have access or don't, they don't. It's not that they don't have access, uh, but they don't have currently software installed that will allow them to play Windows media files. The one thing that has kind of unified everybody up until about two years ago, um, maybe three years now, uh, is is Flash. Flash has been a standard for embedding video on our websites for a very long time. And it's it's basically what I'm currently using. And so when you see a video on my site, chances are you're either seeing a YouTube video that I've uh, you know uploaded my video to YouTube and then uh, embedded that YouTube video on my website. I would suggest if you have a video and it's 10 minutes or less, I would say I would say that's the best place to go. The reason why is because YouTube as a channel, uh, creating a channel on YouTube, uh, which is as easy as just creating a username with YouTube and uploading videos to your account. You automatically get a channel with that. But basically, there are billions of these people out there watching these uh, YouTube videos, and and you'll just get a lot of traction and a lot of exposure just by having videos on YouTube. All right. Now, with that being said. You um, have other options out there, especially if your video is larger than 10 minutes in length. Uh, You have services like blip.tv. That's B-L-I-P dot TV. Uh, It's a solution that I know a great friend of mine, Chef Mark, uses. I used it for a while. Um, I decided uh, probably about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, to move things over to Vimeo. Uh, V-I-M-E-O dot com. And I pay for a premium account there that gives me unlimited storage or no, not unlimited storage space. But um, uh, if you go there and read about it, Vimeo dot com, you'll you'll read about what all you get there. Plus, I get priority uh, encoding on files that I upload. I, I really have enjoyed using Vimeo. Uh, and the best thing I love about Vimeo, and I think probably all of them are starting to offer this option for their premium, you know, members, you know, paying a monthly fee for these services, which by the way, both Blip TV and Vimeo have free options as well. And of course, YouTube's always free. Although YouTube, hello, I would pay you monthly fees if you would allow me to have the ability to upload, you know, 30, 45 minute, even hour long videos. I would so pay for that. The other thing that I love is that on my Vimeo account, I'm able to upload videos and set them as private, which means that you can't see them unless I give you access. And even my I, the one of my favorite things about my Vimeo account is that I can say, hey, I want to embed this on podcastanswerman.com. But I don't want this video to be able to be viewed on any other website, uh, any other domain. So podcastanswerman.com is the only domain that this video can be embedded in. And then what I do is I can go to WordPress. I can create uh, pages that are not viewable. You can't click to them from the navigation menu on my website. But these pages are there nonetheless. If you happen to know the direct URL, you can get to them. But that doesn't matter because even if you knew the direct URL, I then actually create these pages as um, pages that have all of my premium content on them. 
and I embed all those videos, part one, two, three, and four on that special page. And then I make that page in WordPress password protected. And so therefore, that's how I've been doing a lot of my video uh, content. And for those who purchase my digital video training products, I have the Vimeo flash embedded player there. You can watch all of the tutorials right from the website. It's very helpful for people with very slow graphics processors in there, especially on the PC side of things. Um, However, if, for instance, Vimeo doesn't work for you, I always give you the ability in these digital projects to also uh, download the full-blown QuickTime version of the movie as well. So, yeah, it is definitely... Uh, you know, something that I enjoy. And also with Vimeo, you have the ability to take away the Vimeo branding. And so it, it basically, I can take the little Vimeo bug or the Vimeo logo off of there. And, and that way it's, it's really not branding anybody else's services. So anyway, I just want to say, uh, welcome to Vicky and we've got uh, Rod in the showroom, uh, chat room today. And I noticed that my friend Jay Berkowitz just stopped in and, uh, Jay, it's good to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. Uh, and so anyway, moving on, uh, I want to let you know, flash players is still what I'm currently using and it may be something I'm using for the next couple months, but I will tell you that this weekend I do have plans to make a trip to a certain local Apple retail store, uh, for a certain new, um, device that's being released on Saturday. And of course that device, my friends is the Apple iPad. And as you guys may have heard or may not have heard, the iPad is not going to play Flash at all. And I want to make sure that moving forward, you know, this I think this is going to be a great platform. And uh, I happen to believe, uh, based upon stories that I've seen, is that, you know, people are going to start designing their websites differently based upon uh, the fact that there are going to be devices out there that don't support Flash at all. And so I am very eager to figure out some great options outside of Flash for me to be able to embed my video using HTML5. Um, But just for you, Jason, right now, I'd say starting things out, uh, getting things online, embedding them with Flash is is a great place to start. So anyway... Uh, let's see here. We're going to move on to our next call. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about tagging files in uh, your MP3 files, making sure that you have the proper tags. In, in all these digital training webinars that I've been doing, I've been mentioning a program called MP3 Tag, which you can get at mp3tag.de. And uh, check that out. But uh, Alan actually ran into a little issue that he had with it. And this is what Alan has to say. Go ahead, Alan. Hello, Cliff. This is Alan Newsom from the Two Chairs No Waiting dot com Mayberry Podcast. Hey, I saw you at PodCamp Nashville, and I want to thank you just for taking all the time you spent uh, to visit with us at PodCamp Nashville. You talked about the MP3 tag tool that's at MP3 tag dot de to use to do your MP3 tags, and you said to use it rather than iTunes. I just wanted to let you and uh, the listeners of Podcast Answer Man know that uh, during my use of that, I realized that uh, I always used in the lyrics tag, I used a pipe symbol to separate some of the data that I put into the lyrics tag. And what I realized was if you use the pipe symbol, then it will cut off whatever 
text that you put in to the lyrics tag after the first pipe symbol. So just as a, a note, as I went through there, it was uh, causing me to lose a lot of the data that I was trying to put into the lyrics tag because I tend to put a good bit of show notes information into that lyrics tag. And just, you know, I wanted to let you know so that you could let your uh, listeners know because, you know, that caused me a good bit of a uh, consternation as I tried to understand why my lyrics tags weren't showing up correctly. So anyway, I want to thank you for that hint uh, about using MP3 tag. You mentioned it on a episode of Podcast Answer Man just recently that I listened to. And uh, just it, made, it brought to mind that uh, I'd found that problem. So, all right. Thanks, Cliff. Alan, thank you so much for calling in and I uh, had no idea that the pipe, w- the little pipe symbol would actually cause that issue. Now, uh, one of the things I do notice is that in the lyrics tag, if you, once you save it, they put some coding in there that kind of hides. I mean, it doesn't show up in your lyrics on when, you know, people play it back on the iPhone and iPod touch. Uh, but I know that they use some coding there. So I'm pretty sure that that's probably what the deal is, is that you're you know, the language that they're using in that program is causing it to lose some of your text there. So yeah, just don't use the pipe symbols or if you need to go back to a different um, MP tag, three tagging software, uh, that's a possibility as well. But at least thank you for calling in and sharing that just in case other people out there do use the pipe symbols. All right. uh, The next call that I'm coming, going to play for you here is from my friend, Sister Julie. And remember in the beginning, I told you that today we're going to talk about deep fried roadkill. Well, here you go. Hi, Cliff. This is Sister Julie from anunslife.org. So we've got a sweet podcast set up here in the convent studio. Thanks to help from you with sound equipment and technical know-how. It's so good to have reliable stuff because we broadcast live every day, Monday to Friday now, and, uh, and then we make the recordings available on our site and via iTunes. Sister Maxine and I have probably done almost 200 live podcasts, common prayer, interviews, question and answer, and all sorts of things. But here's the thing I'm hoping you can help me with. When you're doing a live broadcast and you don't have the luxury of editing out mishaps, I'm not talking about technical goof-ups. I'm talking about when you talk yourself into a corner and can't recover, or you just say something totally ridiculous. Here's an example. This was recorded on our Edderall during a live show on Mardi Gras the day before Ash Wednesday and Lent begins. Sister Maxine had just read one of our listeners' emails about punch geese. And uh, a number of folks have been talking about Punchki here. I know in the Detroit area, which is north of Monroe, Michigan, Punchki was a huge, huge deal. Those those deep-fried, jelly-filled donuts. Seriously, it could be deep-fried with, like, lard or roadkill or something in it, and it would be still good because it's deep-fried. Oh. That's right, deep-fried roadkill. I don't know what I was thinking especially since I'm a vegetarian and a card-carrying animal lover. One of our listeners even used this as her favorite quote on Facebook. So Cliff, I know you record many of your podcasts live. Have you ever said something as ridiculous? Do you have any tips on preventing these or making the most of them? As always, thanks, Cliff. All righty. Have I ever said anything ridiculous? Never! I've recorded over 2,000 podcast episodes and not once have I ever said anything ridiculous or that I regretted after saying it. 
Of course not. What are you thinking? No, seriously, I think it's hilarious. Uh, deep fried roadkill. That that's just funny. Um, how do you prevent it? Well, uh, I I can tell you, it, this is a guaranteed proven method for you to be able to keep from ever letting anything like that happen. And that is stop recording podcasts, stop recording live and edit later, uh, or just keep your mouth shut and don't ever speak because those are really the only proven methods for you to say for, to keep you from saying things out to a live audience that you can't take back. But beyond that, live into who you are and what you say. And when you make a mistake, which we often do, then, then live up to it. Just, you apologize. You know, it's like you, you come back after a, a following episode. You know, here's the deal. You're going to, let's just say potentially that you offended two or three or 15 people out of the hundreds or even thousands that might be listening to you. You know, that's just going to happen. You know, I got an email this week and I'm going to pause for just a second while I pull it up here. Okay, so I'm back and I just found the email. This just came in. Uh, my email tells me 20 hours ago. I won't give you the name of the person who wrote it, but let me read to you what this person says. Cliff, I've got to say that I do like your podcast and I listen regularly. However, I found it pretty ridiculous that you felt the need to voice your displays pleasure over premarital sex in the last episode of the Lost Podcast. It's not that I condone it necessarily, but you sounded like such a typical American TV viewer who's incensed at cleavage, sex, or the human body, but totally accepts violence in all its forms, like people getting shot in the eye, which, by the way, that happened in this week's episode of Lost. Granted, our culture glorifies and accepts violence, but that's because people like you and millions of others have simply embraced violence as the norm and have become desensitized. People should, ha people should have sex responsibly, regardless if they're married or not. It's fine that you have your beliefs on premarital sex, but I think all Americans should be more concerned with the amount of violence in our society and how this is connected to what we absorb in the popular media. Nobody likes or wants unplanned pregnancy, nor is it a good thing. But if people are having sex for the right reasons, i.e. they're in love, then so be it because it doesn't affect me in the same way as some nut job bringing a gun to school and unloading on an on innocent people. Jin and Son were depicting sex with love, the best kind and if uh and if your and if your instance Anyway, if you're for anyway, if for instance, you're worried about what kind of message kids are taking away from the episode, maybe it should be that violence is the standard currency for resolving problems in the world. Your comment should have been now get this. I'm being now told for future episodes how I should speak in my podcast. Your comment should have been, <clears throat> I do not like seeing premarital sex, but then again, I don't like be, uh, seeing people get uh, people shoot shooting other people either. Anyway, a good way to make society safer is to call out and criticize violence as it is depicted and often glorified in television shows and movies. Now, it may seem, so, may seem surprising after that diatribe, but I do genuinely enjoy your podcast, and I will keep listening as you guys do a great job. And sorry to rant. It's just it's that you hit a nerve with me, and I felt compelled to email you. Best regards. Okay. So so here here's the deal. 
uh, I did email back to this gentleman and explain to him that, you know what, I didn't make a point to actually uh, speak out against premarital sex. And it's so funny because it w- we were doing uh, the live show. And in this TV show, Lost, um, they have this Korean married couple uh, on the island that at least they've been married in this in this TV show and, and have had this really amazing relationship that we've seen grow over time. And then they have this whole thing going on where this there's this alternate time thing. And I probably shouldn't say this, but, you know, if you're I'll tell you what, I'll say this. If you have if you don't want to be spoiled about what happened in this week's episode of Lost, stop right now. Come back and listen to it afterwards. Okay, so there you go. Uh, There's my spoiler warning. But anyway, in the flash sideways or this alternate timeline, they show that they're not married. And well, without me thinking, they actually showed this scene on the show where um, this couple, uh, they they obviously have sex and they go through the point of showing uh, this scene where she shows her cleavage and then they show an up close, impersonal, I mean, big, huge 42 inch HD version of her breast in our living room. Uh, and so basically it was there and, and did I like to see that? No, I did not want to see that on my television, but basically I wasn't going to say anything about that at all. And I'm sitting there talking about the episode and I said, you know what? I really liked the fact that in this alternate storyline, um, you know, that I, uh, and by the way, it didn't show it, she had a brawl on, but you, for, for guys out there, I think maybe, you know, that that's not necessarily, um, any, you know, a whole lot more. But anyway, um, the situation is, I said, you know, I, I kind of like the fact that they weren't married in this alternate timeline because I think it added a different element and it shows a couple different things about the relationship that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't forced and that he didn't resent her. And I like this. And so basically what, what somebody in the chat room, and it was a friend of mine, uh, had jokingly said, and I knew it was a joke, but he says, what? You actually like the fact that they had premarital, are you condoning premarital sex? And I'm like, and so basically I just saw that in the chat room and I said, no, I'm not condoning premarital sex. I'm not happy. I don't like to see premarital sex on television, but here's the thing. I don't like to see any sex on television. I don't like to see women undressing. I don't care if they're married, not married. It's just not that. But as far as violence is concerned, I have no problem with seeing somebody get his eye shot out. I mean, it's, it's television. The thing is, is personally for me, Obviously, this gentleman may have had some issues uh, with people personally who who has been affected. Probably, it sounds to me like maybe one of the school shootings. And, and obviously, I can understand where where there would be such a passion. I've not been impacted by that. And so for me, it, I can't imagine that I would have to say, you know, uh, you know, about all the different things that I would disagree with. But I just happened to say that I didn't like seeing the sex scene and it happened to be a premarital one. And that's the language that was being used. And so I said something and obviously I pushed, you know, I pushed on a nerve for somebody else. Now, am I going to change the way I am or change who I am? No. For me, I don't like to see sex on television because I don't like to think about other women uh, in a sensual way other than my wife. My wife is the only person. And so when it comes to sex on television, I just prefer not see it, you know, kind of allude to it and then change the scene. That's fine. But I don't need to see a close up of some woman's cleavage and, and, and beyond. So so that's that's the whole point. But, you know, here's the deal. 
Sister Julie, I feel like we are putting ourselves out there and and we just need to be authentic and real with who we are. And there are going to be times when we say things that are going to afford, that are going to offend other people. Not that we do it intentionally. And there are sometimes, maybe, perhaps, when we when we might offend with someone, even in the even if everything we meant and said was completely innocent, then we have to. Maybe we need to say, "Hey, I'm sorry that I offended you," and stuff like that. But let us not let us not have this this mentality that we we're going to have to be you know, step on tippy toes, walk on eggshells, you know, walking on thin ice, because if we do that, it's just going to hamper us from being who we really are. And sometimes who we really are are people who need to grow and people who need to, who have uh, some things about us that aren't perfect and, and that we can, we can better ourselves over time through some constructive feedback. And so I would say this deep fried roadkill. You're obviously, you know, you just threw it out there. It was just a joke. Tell people, you know, hey, lighten up. I'm so sorry. I wasn't thinking. And just move forward. That That's my recommendation. You know, deep fried roadkill. I, you know, you, you emailed me about it. And I just want to say, I thought it was funny. You know, it's like, you know, I'm not a card carrying animal, animal rights activist or, and, and I'm certainly not vegetarian. But I will say this, that, you know, I'm not out there to harm animals and stuff like that. But but still, I still thought it was funny, you know, and and you know what? People might get upset with this. The fact is, is that, you know, I love I love cats and I think that cats were created for a purpose and I and, and a joke around. And I know this hurts a lot of people's feelings and you'll probably never listen to me again. But I think cats were created by God to keep truck drivers alive before they created those little divots in the side of the road. You know, your truck driver's driving. He's been driving, you know, eight, 10 hours straight. It's He's tired. And then all of a sudden he starts to nod off and then boom, boom, like that. And a cat just woke him up. And so, you know, I, I say stuff like that and that's who I am. And it's like, do I hate cats? No, but am I, I know they're saying, oh my gosh, Cliff, laughing out loud. You know, but the thing is, is that, is that offending somebody right now? Probably but you know what? What they don't know is that all my life I have been severely allergic to cats. I mean, I walk into a house with cat hair and I and I can't see through my eyes. It's horrible. I mean, cats are like the death of me. And so do I hate cats? No. Do I think cats are cute? They are adorable. My as a child, I had a cat. I had this awesome black cat um, and this black cat. Her name was Kimmy and she she literally lived nine lives, lived through a tornado. Now, guess what? She lived outside the house. She didn't live in the house because there's no way I could handle that. But she was an outdoor cat and she I loved her. I loved her. And when she died, I cried for days. So do I hate cats? Am I, an, am I an animal hater? No. Do I joke around and say something that's a little stupid and 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 somewhat insensitive at times and joke around about cats being around, you know, because, you know, they pretty much keep truck drivers alive? Sure, it's stupid, you know, but you know what? It's 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 I'm not going to stop being me. You know, and if if I really felt like I was doing something extremely harmful with that joke, I probably would stop. But, you know, if you don't know me well enough to know that I'm just kidding, then chances are, you know, 
you're probably not interested in the fact that I was just kidding. I don't know. But there, here's the other thing, though. Have you said something stupid that you regret? I, I'll tell you another one that's, that's hilarious. Back in the old days of the Weekly Loss podcast, I mean, gosh, this was, I know it happened to be within the first five episodes of the Weekly Loss podcast that we ever produced. We had a guy call in from Hong Kong, or no, he emailed us from Hong Kong, and and uh, we were starting, it was the very, I mean, we were just brand new into podcasting. We started to get people calling in from from France with their French accent, from London with their English, British accent, and from Australia with their Australian accent. And all of a sudden, we got this guy who wrote in and he, he emailed us from Hong Kong and said he loved our show. And it's like, and I, and I sit there and I said, you know, you should call in and, and well, I would love to hear, you know, you speak with a Hong Kongian accent. And I'm like, what? You know, or, or, or I thought the language was Hong Kongian. And it's like, and, and still today, there are people who, get a huge kick out of that. You know, I, I've learned a lot about the world through my interaction with people, you know, outside of the U S in the past, you know, five years that I've been podcasting and it's been amazing, but I just want to say, you know, you just got to be who you are and, and, and just live up to it. And occasionally I have said some things like I know the, that one day my wife and I were recording a podcast and I remember saying, you know, that's so retarded or, or Stephanie may have said, I, I don't, it doesn't matter who said it, but one of us said, man, that's so retarded, you know, and, and that growing up, that was a, that was something that we said. I mean, it, it's, it's like, man, that that's so retarded. And what happened was we had, um, a listener of ours who emailed us and, and in a very constructive way, in a very constructive way, said, you know, um, you know, I love your podcast, but I just wanted to let you know, you kind of, my, my feelings were hurt a little bit when I heard you guys say, you know, speak about something that you obviously was distasteful and, and was out of the ordinary and stuff like that. And you said, and you, but you, you use the word retarded. And I just want to let you know that I am a parent of a child with special needs and 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 in in the special needs community that word is is very offensive and you know what oh my gosh i i did not realize just how much of an impact that had and so you know what the next episode i made a public apology for the use of that phrase and and i told people i said listen you know i am very sorry about this now there are times when i have to say you know what I didn't think before I spoke and this was inappropriate and I was wrong for doing so. And when you do that, that's comp- I think that that's the best thing to do. But, you know, let, let's continue to do our live shows if that's what works for us. Let's continue to have fun and let's not walk on eggshells. All right. And keep the truck drivers alive. All right. I'm just kidding. I, I am just kidding. I promise. I'm just kidding. Oh, too funny. All right, so uh, Sister Julie, I hope that you find that helpful and uh, don't eat too much deep fried roadkill, okay? Seriously. All right, uh, moving along here, do I have, I have one more voice message and uh, I will do that and then I'll talk to you about a couple other things. So uh, with that, where are you at? Oh my gosh, did I not put it in here? I know I put it in here. Hold on one second, folks. I have to find the other. Here it is. I'm using a new program. 
Uh, by the way, t- why am I not telling you this? So you guys, I have I have um, a brand new 27-inch iMac, which, by the way, I love. I think I mentioned that to you last week. And I made the switch where Mac is now my primary computer for podcasting. And uh, as you guys know, I've always used Pod Producer to queue up my audio clips. Well, obviously, I am still using Adobe Audition, uh, which, by the way, I would never podcast without it. You should hear Family from the Heart episode number 103. And I pretty much said, listen, I'd rather just not release an episode if, rather than release an episode without putting it through Adobe Audition. Uh, so, And that's still the truth. But what I was looking at, so I have I have parallels running uh, a virtual machine or virtual um, edition of Windows XP machine on my uh, iMac. And it works great, but the thing is, is sometimes if you play audio from a program in Windows XP via the the setup here in in the Mac, sometimes it the audio can kind of like cut in and out, cut it in and out, and so it wasn't working great. So I was looking for a solution on the Mac, and I tried out Soundboard, uh, and Soundboard did not do the trick for me because every single time. Every single time I uh, would release an episode or I'm sorry, every time I would uh, get it, receive a voicemail. I'm sorry. I was trying to chat, uh, check out the chat room and talk at the same t- same time. But anyway, um, as soon as I would receive a voicemail, which it comes in and is a wave file at 8000 hertz and stuff like that, I would drag it over to soundboard and the soundboard just wouldn't play it back right. It, it was really messed up. But um, so what I had decided is I was just going to queue up QuickTime, just the all these little QuickTime players each time. Well, I'm happy to say that Father Roderick told me to check out Ubercaster, which, by the way, I checked it out for like 10 minutes and then decided I didn't want it. And then later I gave it a little bit more of a shot. And I, I really like Ubercaster. I would never record into it. Never in a million years would you get me to record into the software. But for queuing up audio clips, I like it a lot. So with that, now I can play Jonathan's uh, Jonathan's message, and I'll, I'll I'll put a link to Ubercaster in the uh, show notes. Jonathan, take it away. This is Jonathan at JonathanNation.com. Cliff, I was browsing around on my wonderful Android-based phone and came to one of your sites and saw you had a really neat mobile theme for your WordPress-based sites. Uh, it allowed me to turn on and off the mobile theme, and it looked good. And I was wondering, how did you do this? Is this a specific code base with a theme or a plugin, or what did you do? <laughs> so, thanks for all you do, and the podcast answer man. All right, Jonathan, thank you for your question. And to answer your question, uh, the plugin that I'm using for my mobile theme. For those of you who, if you have an iPhone, an iPod Touch, or if you have an Android-based phone, do me a favor. Go to podcastanswerman.com, and if you go there, you'll see that it has a very awesome-looking layout and theme built in just for your browser. Uh, it, it's it's a great way to um, you know browse the web on on those platforms. And yes, it has the ability at the very bottom. If you scroll all the way down, it'll actually show that you can turn that off and actually look at it in the real view. And um, the what I'm using to do that, it is a plugin, and it is very simple. You simply go to WordPress, click on plugins, 
click on add new and then do a search for WP touch and make it all one word W-P-T-O-U-C-H and it will pull up the WP plugin mobile plugin or whatever WP touch mobile plugin. Um, it is it is very good and it is very useful and uh, makes things a whole lot easier for people on those small screens. So uh, thank you, Jonathan, for pointing that out. A um, couple other things that I want to mention to you real quickly here is uh, if you head over to podcastanswerman.com on your regular browser, you may notice that things have changed a little. Uh, you remember I used to have that dark theme, uh, very dark uh, black theme and had a really ugly little, uh, you know, I was, I just had the words podcast answer man in the impact font. I think some of it was like a light blue and the other one was orange. Um, that was pretty much my, my website. Well today, if you go over and check it out, I have a nice new header up there with my brand new logo and I've got the background, uh, that, that looks really nice. I took a little extra time to design my, my navigation menu, my home, about, contact, equipment, services I provide, recommendations. Uh, the little search box is up in the header now. Uh, some other th- little tweaks here and there. And I want to let you know that the reason or the way that I created this site uh, was using a brand new theme called Thesis. All right. And so I'm going to write this down in my show notes here so I remember to link to all of this. But anyway, if you go to uh, gspn.tv forward slash thesis, if you decide to purchase there, that's my that's my affiliate link that'll take you to their site. Um, thesis theme is amazing. I, I told you guys that I was going to be looking at it and I am a true convert to the thesis theme now. And it is it is really cool. I like it a lot. All right. And so uh, let's see here. What uh, what else am I looking at here? I Okay, so anyway, the thesis theme, it, what what the thesis theme does is it gives you a theme that looks pretty decent right out of the box, but it, it's very easily customized. Now, in the past, I'd had to kind of customize colors and to insert things. I had to get into the CSS, the style sheet, and I had to know, you know, where to look for the stuff for the header. Here, it's very easy for you to um, change a whole multitude of different settings, but um, there are still some more advanced things that you can do. Uh, for example, right now, now I don't know if I'm going to keep these or not, but the little, uh, the little social media icons to the left of my page, uh, that's some custom uh, CSS that has to be manually programmed in. Uh, and I did that through the custom.css file and also the custom underscore functions.php file. So there's some PHP coding and some CSS coding. You can get as advanced as you want, or you can stay as simple as you want. And I will tell you, I really like this. I think this is a great theme. In fact, all of the clients that I've been working with recently, uh, um, as well as recent as uh, the past week, I have now installed Thesis you know, had them install Thesis on their site instead of what I had been using previously, which was the uh, StudioPress sites. In fact, anytime you want to now, if you head over to podcastanswerman.com, on the right-hand side in the menu, you will see that I have four products that I currently highlight that I have affiliates for. Uh, I use, and it says, I use and recommend, and and you'll see Thesis, you'll see Bluehost, 
you'll see Adobe Audition and you'll see High Rise. And they're asking me in the chat room, have I tried Thesis 1.7 yet? And the answer to your question is yes, I just installed 1.7 on a client's website yesterday because um, she went and purchased the theme and it was it was the it was the theme that was available. It worked like a charm, very nice, very easy, very smooth. Now I will tell you that I had already uh, designed all of my stuff in Thesis One Six for Podcast Answer Man, and so when I got off the phone with her, I went ahead and looked at all their tutorials on the Thesis site for upgrading to from Thesis One Six to One Seven, and I did that. And when I switched, I noticed that there was some issues with some stuff in my um, my dashboards, like my um, Google Analytics was running some kind of error code and some other stuff. And so I decided to, but the site looked great. It just looked like some, it was breaking something inside of my dashboard. Well, I, I rolled back to 1.6 and somewhere in the process, um, it lost all of my, all my custom settings for, for WordPress. And so I had to, I, I literally had to just spend another 20 minutes getting it back to the way I had it designed. But you know what? It is, it is, it was, it was easy for me to do so. Now it took me, I probably spent about 12, 13 hours learning uh, everything I know now about thesis theme. But I, what I know now is going to, I mean, I know how to put a header in, in, in a matter of seconds. Uh, I know how to, I know how to customize the footer so that I can, you know, I, of course I bought the developer's version so I can legally remove the attribution at the bottom and put in my own attribution, um, and, and stuff into the, the, the footer. I know how to change the, uh, navigation menu from the top to the middle. Uh, I know how to put a custom header instead of just having text at the top. Another site that I've done and created is virtualassistantpodcast.com. And uh, that one is my new site or podcast that I'm launching this week. Uh, and yes, I did get that sponsorship, by the way. I think I probably told you about that last week. But um, yeah, so the good things are good there. Uh, but yeah, I'm really loving the thesis theme. Again, if you if you decide you want to check out the thesis theme and you decide to buy it, do me a favor. Go through my affiliate link over at gspn.tv forward slash thesis or just head over to podcastanswerman.com. Scroll down in the sidebar. You'll see it there. Another thing, another big change at podcastanswerman.com is my web host. I uh, I think I've mentioned this in the past that I have become a, a true fan of Bluehost. Now, I've been using GoDaddy for a very long time. Um, before GoDaddy, I used a service called ReadySetConnect.com. I was very dissatisfied uh, with their customer support because I always uh, had to deal with them via support tickets only. Uh, occasionally, they would have times when they offered phone support, but I'd always get somebody in India and I could they would never understand what I was trying to get at. And it was, you know, it just was a it was a real hassle. And not to mention the fact they didn't offer very much. Uh, so when I moved over to GoDaddy, it was great. I had 24-hour, seven-day-a-week support and and uh, stuff like that. But the problem that I ran into with GoDaddy, every time I set up a new client with GoDaddy, w- you know, there would be, you know, 
waiting periods of as much as 45 minutes sometimes for things to take place. Like, so if I wanted to add a new, um, if I want to add a new WordPress install, it could take 20 minutes for that thing to install. Uh, when I started working with clients who already had Bluehost, but for example, though, um, literally a WordPress install, I've, I've installed more than 20 WordPress installations on Bluehost. Never has it taken more than 35 seconds. And 35 seconds is a little bit on the lengthy time. Uh, so, I mean, it's like instantaneous. So far, so far uh, with Bluehost, I've taken four people who had absolutely no domain, no hosting account, and I basically switch, set them over, uh, set them up with a domain registration and hosting account set up all at once, free domain for life. All right. Free domain for life of the account. Not only that, but also um, the entire hosting account set up. It's I think it's like 84 bucks for the entire year. Uh, Set them all up with that billing account, setting their username and password and installing WordPress from nothing to having WordPress up and running. Usually about three minutes, maybe four if I'm taking a little time getting the credit card number from my client. And then on top of that, I then go in and upload the thesis theme and then I install a couple, you know, very few number of plugins and I can actually customize that thing in a breeze. Literally, I, I, I mean, there have been several clients now that within an hour, their, their website's shining and their podcast is, you know, their placeholder episode of their podcast is already submitted to iTunes. They've got a feed burner feed and it's, it's just, it's, it's amazing. It's a dream come true for somebody who get, you know, who does all this consulting work. And, um, I, I did sign up for an affiliate there. And one of the things I'm like, you know, why am I not using this? And the other thing is, is they have rocket fast FTP service and, uh, FTP through, uh, GoDaddy is like snot running down your face in the middle of winter time. It, it happens that fast. And I know that's disgusting, but you know, sometimes you say things like fried roadkill and, and you just can't take it back. So we'll just move forward anyway. Um, but yeah, so uh, lightning fast, uh, FTP transfer speeds. And I, I transfer a lot of things via FTP. So what I did is I'm, I still have GoDaddy, gspn.tv and a bunch of my other sites are all still running on, uh, the GoDaddy servers. I've, I think I'm paid up for fry for five years with them. Uh, for, so I think I probably still have another two or three years left with GoDaddy, but I went ahead and signed up for virtual assistant podcast.com. And then I, I went ahead and set up a new WordPress installation for podcast answer man, built it all out. And once I made sure everything was ported over, I then forwarded the DNS uh, and name servers over to my Bluehost account. And I mean, it happened in a matter of seconds. And I'll tell you, it is, it is snappy. It's fast. It's great. I love Bluehost. And I'm not just saying that because I have affiliate link, but I want to let you know, I do have an affiliate link. And in fact, if you go to podcastanswerman.com slash hosting, that's podcastanswerman.com slash hosting, I did an entire, a very long blog post 
about um, hosting with uh, Bluehost hosting for podcasters. And also, I have a chat transcript in here, uh, a conversation with um, with basically um, one of the customer service reps about whether or not it's okay to put podcast episodes on your Bluehost account. And I will just say the the quick synopsis is they'd prefer that you never put a single episode of a podcast on your website to deliver via RSS. With that being said, I asked them if they had any kind of documentation to that fact. And they said, nope, there is no, we do not, he says, no, we do not provide documentation on that. So as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing to prohibit you from doing so, but I will, I will caution you not to put your podcast episodes on there. Instead, move them over to something like Libsyn or Blueberry Hosting. I use Libsyn myself and uh, I like them a lot. All right. And then one other thing I'll mention is um, uh, vaultpress.com. Just heard about that this morning. Somebody popped into the chat room. And uh, let's see here. I am moving over and I'm going to see if I can find this. It is Vault. V-A-U-L-T, I believe, let's see, yeah, V-A-U-L-T press.com. This is actually a new service that's getting ready to come out from the makers of WordPress. And it says, Vault Press protects the things you value most. Uh, It says here, your blogs and sites are your livelihood. Are you protected? Vault Press is the only protection and backup service built on the automatic grid that reliably serves over 10 million WordPress.com blogs and 250 million monthly visitors. Premium service. Uh, VaultPress is designed to deliver total security and peace of mind. If you depend on your blogs and sites for your profession, profession, your communication needs, VaultPress provides an elite level of service. It's easy to get started with VaultPress. You sign up, install one plugin, and let VaultPress do the rest. Protect just one or as many blogs and or sites as you like. Turn on Vault Press coverage for the additional blogs at any time. Uh, it says here that it's pro- it protects more than just your content. It understands the complete WordPress environment. This means that your plugins, your dashboard, your themes, your comments, even your post revisions are all safeguarded and ready to be restored. And it says here that it's real time, that it continuously monitors and stores uh, updates to your blogs and sites write, edit, and upload with confidence that everything you're doing is protected at the same time. And of course, it's from the developers of WordPress, and so it should be good. Now, with that being said, I think they're looking at, you know, currently they're thinking about charging uh, $30 a month for this. It's obviously going to take a lot of the personal bloggers out, but for those of us who do this for a business and you depend on your sites, uh, this is something that's very interesting to me. Uh, you can actually apply for a private beta that they're doing and uh, just go to vaultpress.com and click apply now and you can apply for it. Uh, they're also testing out pricing so you can tell them what you'd be willing to pay for such a service. Uh, my concern is this, you know, I have a lot of um, WordPress installations and sometimes I store images uh, off of, outside of the WordPress directory. So it might You know, I sometimes will store images somewhere else. I just wonder, you know, just how all inclusive this is. And also, I would love to know if it would basically 
um, if it would have restored, you know, when I actually lost my custom CSS information and a couple other things, I wonder if it would have restored all of those original settings from my database. I imagine that it would, but uh, I'll let you know once I get into the beta system or if I get into the beta system and I'm going to play on it with my development blog site that I have. Alrighty, and I'm at 51 minutes, so I'm pretty much going to wrap things up and uh, let me do this. I am going to go ahead and hit my theme music using my Ubercaster. Uh, so anyway, the the one last thing I want to let you know is that I told you I told you last week that I've been blessed in my business. I had an opportunity where a client uh, paid twenty five hundred dollars for me to come and spend an entire day with them, and you know, really, it was an inspired thought from another client that I had who told me that um, I they would have paid me five thousand dollars to come spend the weekend with them, and I said, really. And I said, and he said, yeah, you should offer that as a, as an option. He says, that's how I do my consulting. And so I, I went down to the PodCamp Nashville, told them that this is uh, something that I offer. And within three days after being back from uh, PodCamp Nashville, they said, we'd like to schedule you to come down. You know, if, if the offer is still good to come down for 2,500. And I said, sure thing. And uh, I'll tell you what, I had a blessed day. I had a blessed day day and you know what after the end of the day they actually told me they say listen we got so much more value out of this than what you charged us and and they said listen we want to encourage you 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 need to continue to offer this to your clients this is a this is a huge value and you know it's just a blessing to have clients that'll tell you that and 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 to mean it and uh, it's just really awesome. And so if you want to find out now, of course, I didn't go into a lot of theme design for them. It was a lot of uh, training on the processes and everything of podcasting. But we did get them a website uh, up and started over at Connie and Sheila talk dot com. That's C-O-N-N-I-E A-N-D S-H-E-I-L-A T-A-L-K dot com. Connie and Sheila talk.com and uh, they did a great job for their first episode I mean there I, I went you know here's somebody who had no domain no hosting account no equipment no understanding of how to work a mixer no uh, no understanding of how to you know formats of shows no website no anything and I started at nine o'clock in the morning and before I left they understood everything they needed to know about their mixer they had recorded an episode uh, very comfortable with understanding how to do post-production, add music in. Not only that, but also had a website uh, with a domain and hosting account set up, WordPress customized, feed burner feed set up, plugins installed and configured, and submitted to iTunes with the first episode. All of it in one day. And I will tell you, I loved it. I loved it. And so, uh, anyway, very cool stuff. If you would love me to come out and spend a day with you, I am available for $2,500 to do so. Just get in touch with me. 859-757-1399 is my business line. Of course, my phone number is on the site over at podcastanswerman.com. Be sure to check out my new podcast coming out this week, virtualassistantpodcast.com. It's a new site out there. And of course, if you need to learn how to do Adobe Audition, Audacity, 
or anything else, give me a call. I've got some training products for you. We'll talk to you later. God bless.